Alright. <laughs> How are we? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, it's weird because I'm a very cocky person and I'm also very confident as well. But it's weird how by coming up here I'm humbled by the presence of God. And uh, it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm about to preach, but I just feel like it was interesting to, to notice and <sighs> I hope it's all good as well. Okay, so I believe today we're going to be talking about coping with pressure. Um, on the newsletter it says comping. Um, I don't know what that means, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, let's start. There's this fallacy that when you become a Christian and give your life to Christ, you can never sin again. You're a perfect human being. You're without flaws and capable of sin. Yet, we're not. There's also another fallacy, which is of concern that the idea that as Christians, because we are with the Lord, we will not suffer, we will not face any hardships, we will not struggle, we're not going to face any adversities. That is also not true. That is the whole point of why we're humans, why we're here. We will suffer, we will go through anguish, we will go through hardships. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, because you think that you live in the UK, a very predominant Christian nation, you won't be persecuted or questioned for your faith. That isn't the case nowadays. Um, for, for today, in these days, you can be, your views can be seen as extreme or not worth looking at. People are shamed for their beliefs, which is why I have to plead to you, parents specifically, in Proverbs chapter, two, chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up your child in the way of the Lord, so that he may not part from it. So that when your children leave church and go to places like uni or jobs, etc., that they will not leave from what they have been taught. That they have not leave from what is said in the Bible. So, which is why I encourage you as parents to draw a Christian mentality into your children. I'm not saying this to condemn anyone or make anyone feel guilty. I'm saying this because personally, I care. I care for the future. I care for the future of Christianity. I care for the children and I care for the youth. I care for what God has planned for your children, what God has planned for you. So I just, all enc I just encourage all of you to take what I've said with sincerity and care. The idea that everything good should happen to me because I am a Christian is ridiculous, is almost naive. Humans need struggle. Christians need struggle. There will, be a day, there will never be a day in the world where there will be full peace, where no one will struggle, no one will have to fight for what they need to fight where a world without sin is possible, because that's heaven, not here. When a maester bangs his hammer on a metal rod, the rod sh shapes and forms. It's molded into something new, so it can be used for something better. 
in the same way, all these hardships, all these struggles, all these trials and tribulations, they form us and make us better. When you go through a struggle, for me, I see that as a way for people to progress. Do not take it as a way for you to see it as, oh, let me just give up, because clearly life doesn't want me to be here. No. Those struggles are there for a reason. It's up to you to decide what you will do with that struggle. Christians, in response to all the hardship and banging and hitting, persevere and see yourself be shaped into something new. Now, for those that might argue, what if the pressure and stress is too much? What if the banging and slamming is too hard? What if the mesa keeps on banging and the rod breaks? In the Bible, it describes the arm of God and how each component has its specific capabilities and what it's meant to do. But in a sense, it's all for spiritual battle. But that's not what we're looking at today. But what does the Bible say on how to protect ourselves from those who attack the faith or just what we believe? In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, stay awake, stand firm in your faith, be brave, be strong. In Psalm chapter 9, verse 9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Now, what does that say? When we find ourselves facing any form of obstacles or adversities, sorry, we should look to God, confide in God, and remain confident in what we believe. Have faith in God. Have faith in what he has planned for you. Why? Because through God, anything is possible. Am I wrong? No. This is the same God that protected and gave strength to David, to Joshua, and to Samson. Those three people met many adversities, many enemies, and still came out triumphant. If that's not God's work, I don't know what is. So, of course, I would put my trust and faith in the Lord. So I ask you, church, what about you? Throughout the Bible, did not all prophets and messengers of God go through some form of challenges or turmoil, some persecution? The most famous one being Elijah. After he defeated the prophets of Baal, he was hunted down by Jezebel. Whilst he was in the wilderness, he fell into a depression, into sadness, into suffering. But God was the one that lifted him up after that suffering because he still needed him for something more. Do you see how God helped Elijah and brought him out of his suffering? Out of his struggle? When he was at his lowest? That can be you. That can be you. There's also a problem that some people don't get help from God when they're suffering. But let me ask you, are you sure that God isn't the one that's listening to you? Or is it that you are not listening to God? And if you do say that, oh, I'm trying to make sure I'm listening to God, you need to also ask yourself, how far are you away from God? Because say if I was to talk to someone from here to over there, 
they wouldn't be able to hear me. In the same way, if we move further away from God, God is trying to talk to us. But because we decided to move the other way, we cannot hear him. I guess they're excited too. <laughs> Christians, we should approach prayer as a dialogue, a conversation between you and God. It shouldn't be just an ask and receive. That wouldn't be great, wouldn't it? Because an ask and receive relationship, it makes one dependent on the other. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if that was a relationship between us and God, then who would dare question his existence? In addition, wouldn't sinning be more easier? So what there would be the point of faith? Do you understand? Hmm. However, it's better for us to have more of a conversational relationship as that allows us not only to build a rapport with God, but gives us a reason to follow God's words and teachings. But let me come back a bit though. I'd like to also address the fact that Christians, there's a fallacy that we're to be perfect. In truth, we can't be perfect. That's God's position. Now, for us as Christians, what would we define as perfect? To be honest, I couldn't be asked to go for the Bible to perfection, but um, God is basically it. But Google has the answer, though. Google has all the answers. Um, <laughs> Perfection on Google defi definition is the action or process of improving something until it is flawless, faultless, without blemish, without dull, without stain. Now, who here in this church can say that they are without blemish, without fault, without any sort of wrong? Anyone? Because I know I'm not. I, I know that I've done things that are questionable. I know that I've done things that are wrong. However, I've come to terms with them. And Chris, my response, or your response should be to any sort of sin that has come across is, of, is that we should repent. The answer is to repent to any sin that we've committed. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you news. You don't have to keep on hiding behind your moss. God can see you and, and read your hearts. So you waste your time as much as we don't want it. That's what we've fallen into, a world of sin. So there will be sin. People who call themselves Christians and sin are, in my opinion, still Christians. Of course, at least in my eyes anyways. Listen. Because those Christians are still more likely to be aware of the wrong action and repent. See, that's the thing. We can still be Christians whilst also having committed sin. But as long as you have repented, then you will be saved and welcome to the Lord's kingdom. Now that isn't to say, oh, repent each time you sin. Because that would reinforce the idea that you can sin as many times as you want. But as long as you come back and repent to God, it's fine. Christians, church, I need you to remember this, and I said this before. God can see your heart. You're not hiding it from anything. He can see you all. Okay? So God will know when you have truly repented. So do not dare deceive God, because you're just deceiving yourself. It is okay to set a standard that we must 
be wary when the standard becomes toxic and harmful. It's not only ourselves, but others. Accept the fact that you are flawed and you will never be perfect. Move on. Do we agree? Instead of looking to us, ourselves, humans, as for perfection, I think we should instead look to God for who is perfect. We should listen to what he has to say. We should confide in what God tells us to do so that we are not led astray by anyone who calls themselves perfect. Because in truth, the only one who is perfect is God. So to, I guess, try and round this all up, I know that's quite short. Hmm. I'm not missing anything, but quite interesting. Um, Being an imperfect being entails suffering and adversities, trials and tribulation. So imperfection is not without any form of adversities that come your way. Those adversities are there by God to test you and your faith, to test your commitment and resilience. How you come out of it is up to you. Will you be molded into something greater or allow yourself to break? And the end of it all, I don't want you to go away with the message that God hates you. That's, not, that's why he throws all these problems at you. I want you to think of it as God throwing you a bunch of bricks and stones, right? And out of them, make a bridge so you can cross into righteousness and victory. Make some stairs because the only way is up. Not the other way around. I want you to see it as God giving us opportunities to make ourselves better. So church, I ask you, will you go and make ourselves better? Will you, when receiving trials and tribulation, persevere? Stay strong. Stay in the faith. I hope what I've said reaches to anyone who needs it. (laughs) But I think, due to the fact that there's no more words left or prompts, I think I'm done.